We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 184 On this episode, we've got some news And then we'll be talking about recent episodes of Switched at Birth uh, Graceland, Game of Thrones, The Killing uh, Major Crimes, King and Maxwell, and Twisted uh, a lot of uh, season or series premieres and and one season finale, and then one just regular episode in that uh, bunch. Then we'll we have uh, some TV on DVD picks at the end, and uh, as always, you can find the full show notes with the start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com/slash184. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com, and this week I have joining me. Uh, hi, it's Amy Amitangelo from tvgal.com. And this is Kyle Nolan from NoReruns.net. Thank you both for uh, joining me. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right, well, we'll uh, just jump right into the the few news items here. First, a uh, couple of things. Uh, FX has canceled uh, Brand X uh, with Russell Brand. And uh, HBO announced that uh, the fourth season of Eastbound and Down will be its last. Uh, Showtime has also announced that the third season of The Borges will be its last. And then a couple of uh, renewals. Uh, Showtime has renewed Nurse Jackie for a sixth season, and Showcase up in Canada has picked up uh, Continuum for a third season, which means uh, we're likely to see the third season down here in the States on Sci-Fi at some point. And uh, lastly, for uh, all the community fans out, out there that love the show but didn't love last season... Dan Harmon is officially official <laughs> as being back. Uh, all things have been signatures have been on contracts and things like of that nature have been made. So uh, while they've been talking about it for a week or so now, he's actually going to be back for the fifth season. So uh, either of you, uh, Amy, any of those canceled shows that you were watching? No, you know, I think it is interesting, this whole trend that we're going to announce it's canceled before we've even begun the next season. You know, this is, we're, just, we're just getting out there. No, no campaign. Save, you know, save your email, save your, you know, signing campaigns. We're just canceling the show. So I think that's an interesting trend to see happening. Um, I, no, I'm not going to miss any of, of those shows, I don't think. Uh, they were not, you know, Eastbound and Down. I know a lot of people love that show. I, I didn't really care for it. Um, so, no, I think I'm okay with what we're letting go of. How about you, Kyle? Yeah, I I haven't I thought Eastbound and Down was already gone. I didn't even realize it had a fourth season. Um, but yeah, none of those. I, I'm not watching any of those. I'm I'm kind of happy Nurse Jackie's coming back because uh, the season's oh, been. I'm thrilled good. Nurse Jackie's coming back. That's a great show. And I'm glad it's not all about her trying to uh, doing drugs and somehow managing to get away with it every single week. <laughs> so they've actually taken her character a lot further this season, which is which is good. Yeah, I stopped watching that somewhere, I think, in the s- second or th- maybe beginning of the third season. But the, all the, the the shows that are ending, I don't watch any of those, so no big disappointment on my end. Uh, I'm happy that uh, Continuum is going to be back, that I know watching the second season on Sci-Fi that there's going to be another one out there. I always like that with shows that you know are built to end in such a way a lot of times to to leave you hanging for the next season that uh 
knowing that while you're watching a season is is always good. And then mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to to see what happens with community with Dan Harmon back. I find that story fascinating. You, you know, I mean, it's this whole trend of you can be fired and that doesn't really mean anything. A show can be canceled and that doesn't really mean anything. You know, shows are canceled. Come back. I mean, I feel the Dan Harmon thing's really interesting. I mean, I think fans are delighted and, you know, that's great for people who are fans of community and people are really disappointed this season. But it's just so interesting to me that they would fire him. And, the, you know, the reasons they fired him at the time, I don't think those have changed. You know, so it's kind of a really <laughs> interesting thing that they're bringing him back, you know, that, that but, um, but I also think it's kind of like a gift to fans that, you know, this is my feeling is this is probably the last season of, of Community. So let's give the people what they want, bring the show creator back and give them what they want. I, I honestly couldn't – if I didn't know he left, I really couldn't have told you that it was any different last season than the previous okay. seasons. Like to me, I it still had its good episodes. It still had its awful episodes and it still had its mediocre episodes, like just like any other season of the show. So you think it was to, people knowing that he had left that made everyone such an uproar? Yeah, I think it. I think it's people like they, they like you. T- since you know this, you start to blame any bad episodes on that. Like you have something to blame. Well, yeah. Well, and completely forgetting that he was in control of the first three seasons, and it's full of plenty of really bad episodes. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But I, I kind of agree on. I was definitely in that camp in the beginning. Like the first few episodes, I was just like, this seems like community. But I think over the course of the whole season, I think you could see a little bit of a difference. And I think the good episodes that you talk about, they were good, but there was also, they also felt like there was something that was missing because there was, I, I still maintain that there's like five great episodes and like 10 really bad episodes and the rest are sort of in the middle in the first three seasons. And that none of the episodes in this season had that special thing that reached, you know, to uh, what those great episodes did in the first Mm -hmm. three seasons. And I think they tried with things like the puppet episode and and a few, you know, and the going back and telling the, the story of how they, you know, they all came close to meeting at times in their in their history and stuff. But they all just felt like they were trying to do community. They weren't pulling it off type of thing. There was still, I don't know, some sort of like, it was like there was, it didn't have, I don't know that any episode necessarily has a deeper meaning, but there was no, there didn't seem to be anything behind it. Like it wasn't, Mm. there wasn't a point to it other than community does wacky stuff, you know, like, like this. And uh, so I don't know. I, I think that by the end of the season, I could tell that there was an element missing over the course of the season. But for the most part, uh, it's still, like Kyle said, had, you know, had some good episodes and bad episodes, just like any season of Community. But, you know, the cast is really happy he's back, which I think um, is interesting. I think that, you know, so I don't know how happy that I think the cast is probably fine what would happen this current season. But they all seem to be kind of across the board, really thrilled that he's coming back. Yeah. Um, it is certainly an interesting thing. Like, it's not like unprecedented for a show creator or you know showrunner to come back to a show, but it is sort of unprecedented for one that bit was fired from fired, a show. To right, come right, back. right. right. Like, you know, it's the whole fired aspect. There's there's showrunners that leave all the time, three, four, five seasons into a show to go do something else, 
you know, like The Office, you know, this year had, uh, you know, came back to right. to do the last season and stuff like that after being gone for, you know, three seasons or something like that. And so, you know, that that happens. But for you to say you're you're gone, but we're still going to do the show. Oh, well, somehow we're still going to do the show. <laughs> like, well, and I just find the whole thing so interesting anyway, because people are such huge fans of community and there was such internal strife on that show, which is just a really interesting, like, you know, usually when the show has such loyal fans, you don't see this kind of, you know, the whole Chevy chasing, the fighting publicly, him being fired, like all of that was so much drama for a show that was so kind of has such a devoted fan base that just loved the show and just loves the show. So it's a really interesting thing to see that much strife. On a, on a comedy, you know, and, and have it become so public. I mean, I, I think we all know that TV shows and TV sets aren't all happy, happy, joy, joy all the time. It's like any, <laughs> it's like any workplace where there's people you like and people you don't like and who's so-and-so's not annoying you this week or whatever. But this was all so public. Like everybody knew about it, which is, you know, for it, that, you know, it's bad when it's getting out to that level. Because they've got publicists working around the clock to try not to, like, to make that stuff doesn't get public, you know. So if it's getting public, I, you know, it's, it's pretty bad. Well, yeah, and with some of the, you know, the airing of stuff that Dan Harmon did and, and things that, you know, all those things were sort of contributed to him being fired, let alone the just difficulty of him as the showrunner and, you know, keeping to budgets and all the, you know, those type of detail things that there was just a whole host of things that you're just like – He's the same guy, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so he's the same guy who's making the things that annoyed you and, and the reason you fired him. You know, I mean, unless he's gone to some sort of accounting school in the interim, you know, I think like, there were like issues that they had that are. But, you know, I think in general, my sense is like, we're like, OK, it's going to be the last season. Let's bring back down Harmon. Let's have the show go out in its creative peak and what, what have it be what the fans want is my thinking. Well, I, I still think it's going to be interesting that there's going to be. When when the show starts, there's going to be the oh my god, it's back! This is amazing, and you're going to be like, <laughs> I'm sure that you're going to be watching some of the episodes, going, wait, really? This is. <laughs> well, maybe with Chevy Chase gone too, things will be different as well, because that might have caused a lot of the tension, and maybe you know that will change things as well. Yeah, well, maybe with the, you know, maybe they can actually figure out something to do with Kim Jong. Because <laughs> like, every time, every time you see the opening credits and it says "end with," and you're just like, "But why?" Like, right. I understand why this character's even on the show. See, I might be I, I, again in the minority, but I actually liked his character. I saw nothing wrong. I liked his whole amnesia. His what was it? Uh, the Changnesia. Uh, Changnesia. I I was fine with that. But uh, the the one thing that I didn't miss during the last season was some of these way out there, like artsy type of episodes that seemed to be some in joke that you needed to know in order to even understand the episode. <laughs> like, and we didn't. I don't remember any episodes like that last season. I'm sure like they'll a, be back. My dinner with Andre episode or something yes, like that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's the first one that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there definitely was, uh, you know, uh, less of those. But I'm, I'm fine with doing those as long as there's other stuff that's funny. And if that's mm -hmm. like an extra joke for people that get it, great. But if nothing else is, but if, if you need that for most of the episode to be funny, then that's where those type of way out there episodes never worked for me. All right. Well, I think that's enough about uh, uh, Dan Harmon and uh, and community. 
but it will be interesting to to see. I mean, it's really, you know, even agreeing to come back, you're really taking. What if you don't have any good ideas left or something? You know, well, I mean, this is a whole cliche. You can't go home again. You know, you I mean because I mean things are not going to be the same, and they never are when you go back to anything. You know, right? When you leave a job and you go back, nothing is ever the same. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, because you know whatever. You know, whatever synergy there was that, you know, whether from the strife and everything else that, you know, is what came together to make that show and, you know, created those, you know, really good episodes uh, that, you know, are the ones that people remember. Those are the ones that are in people's heads when they think of Community as this great show. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to, you know, to see if they can, you know, figure out some way to get that back in some respects, but uh, we'll move on to the primetime segment. And the first show up is the return of switched at birth uh, season two, episode 11 uh, mother and daughter divided. And uh, Amy, we'll start with you. Uh, what did you, uh, what do you think of switched at birth and the return of uh, the second season? I am a huge fan of Switched to Birth. You start with me because I'm like somewhere inside of me, I'm still 14. I, I love the show. I think it's, you know, I think I, what I love about uh, Switched to Birth is I think it's a very, it's a very well done show. It kind of reminds me in the Gil- of the Gilmore Girls and that ilk that it can entertain both the parents and the kids. And it's a, it is still kind of good, clean, fun TV too. I, I'm a big fan of teenagers acting either like teenagers are supposed to act or like I'd like them to, to like to think they act on TV, not, you know, the, the more... Less gossip girly, more Sister Birth is my kind of speed, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, so I really, you know, less pretty little liars, more Sister Birth is my kind of speed. So I actually thought it was a really strong premiere. They've got a lot of, you know, I think the show is so interesting because it has so many interesting family dynamics. And what it does really well is it doesn't let things get solved easily. So they start with this whole premise that these two girls were switched to the hospital and grew up in different, in the homes they were not supposed to grow up in. And what's the fallout from that? And that fallout is still being resolved and still being uh, worked on and they've not made it easy. And it's not an easy thing for them. And then I think the whole added aspect of having so many death characters, is just a really great thing for the show. You know, they had such a strong episode last, uh, I guess the first half of their second season. I always get confused with how ABC family phrases their season. <laughs> but you know, when they had the all, all sign, all ASL episode, that was a really strong episode and was really well done. And they just really, that's a huge risk for them to take as a TV show too. Uh, and, you know, and have it come, uh, you know, with Regina now is back from rehab. Um, and just have that re-entry and all the, you know, the, they've got so many different dynamics going of the wealth versus uh, what poverty, uh, death versus hearing, uh, alcoholism. I mean, they've got a lot of social issues going on and they really blend them pretty well in a way that is, doesn't seem preachy. I think a lot of times when a show takes on this many social issues, it can seem kind of preachy and, that, and the show never seems preachy. I yeah, really liked it. It doesn't slip into after school special a type of type of thing where it's, it feels like it's hitting you over the head with, with it. They, they do a really good job with a lot of the, the different issues that they have. And uh, some of them, you want to just like slap a character though occasionally and just go get over yourself. Right. <laughs> on but this, I also think on this note, a teenager, like the whole world, you do, it is hard to get over yourself. I mean, I think that's a really true thing when you're a teenager. I mean, I think I kind of like that, 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 you know, some of the problems they have are real big problems. Like they were switched at birth and some of the problems are, Oh my God, I like this boy. You know what I mean? I think I like that, that sometimes those problems get equal weight because that kind of is what it's like to be an adolescent. Everything is, is really high stakes. But yeah, I I have to say that the the storyline of 
one mom coming back from rehab and then seeing how close, you know, the daughter that she raised has gotten with her birth mother and she hasn't had that time with either the ones that she raised or her birth child. Uh, and, you know, sort of, you know, just coming back from having slipped and going, you know, having to go into rehab and then coming back to that reality was so sort of heartbreaking to, to, it was. to watch. And it was very, yeah. And it was very believable. You know what I, I also really like about the show is it, it, they follow the seasons. I like that now all the characters are, it's summer for all the characters and Bay's going to have this job at this carnival type place. And, you know, they're working for the father. And, and you know, and I also really like the show really does give the adult characters real storylines. And you can see now that the father's won this state Senate race and maybe is not so thrilled with being a state Senator and doesn't really quite know what he got himself into here. And, you know, the mother's still, uh, Leah Thompson's character is still trying to figure out her place and what, what her life is going to be now. I mean, I really, they do a really good job and it was kind of heartbreaking last night to see Regina uh, struggling so much. And, you know, Regina can be quite unlikable. And I think that's a pretty brave choice for the show to make too, that they haven't made her like, sometimes you can have characters like that who are like the, you know, the, the alcoholic with a heart of gold type character, you know? And, well, she's and then, almost and, the one that I was talking about. You want to slap her sometimes and say, get over yourself. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, she's very unlikable some of the time. And, and I kind of like how unlikable she is because that, I think, is very real. Because you don't doubt that she loves her daughters very much. But like you say, she can't get out of her own way half the time. What about you, Kyle? Yeah, uh, like Amy was saying, like I liked how this felt almost like a like a brand new show in some respects. This coming into the season because we've got a whole new like it's summer, everyone's starting over. So I think it's actually really easy for someone new to to just start watching the show from this episode and and get into the show. Uh, the one thing I didn't like was how it like. It just seemed very odd how magically Bay's boyfriend was back and found her at some random carnival that she happened to be driving by. And, get and he happened tire. to be there. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing just seemed very odd, the setup at, at how they brought those two back together. Um, well, because he he's on the lying game, right? And that show might not be coming back. So I kind of feel like, we're just going to keep you in the ABC family. Like, you know how the CW just kind of keeps moving people around as they get a show around them? I feel like that's what this kid's going to be. Like, we're just going to keep you. Lying game's not working out. We're going to bring you over to switch to birth. We'll bring you back. <laughs> yeah, if we, decide to, yeah. <laughs> if we decide to pick Lying Game up for another season, <laughs> you'll be back right. over there. Exactly. We're just going to move you around like a chess piece. Although I actually really liked the tie. I mean, I agree the way they ran into each other was kind of ridiculous. Um, but I was willing to forgive that because I, I really liked his character and I like Bay and Ty together. And, you know, Bay has some poor choices in men. So I think it's a good this is a good turn for her to have him back in her life. And they seem to have written off the other guy with like one line. You know, yeah, it's away for the summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I was watching this, I'm like, my notes I took down, like, oh, there's a new British guy for Bay, the coffee guy, and then like, oh no, now he's hidden on on Daphne, so maybe that's right. uh, that's Daphne's new new guy for this season. And right. then she goes to the then she goes to the carnival, and the, she, the manager uh, kid there. I'm like, okay, that's the guy they're introducing for. And then then her ex boyfriend showed up. And they got the herrings for us, right? right yeah. Maybe it's this guy. Maybe it's this guy. But I do like, I mean, I do think the show is really funny, too, because, um, you know, Giles Marini, I think they're just kind of, you know, they get they use him when they can get him, you know, when he's not doing other stuff. So they're kind of just like, oh, he's in a custody battle, but then he is going to be back 
next week or in a couple episodes. So it is funny how they kind of explain away char- certain characters we just don't see anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always that's always the thing on a sort of a maybe a smaller budget show or or you know some of these shows where they have a lot of people that are recurring characters and not full-time right. that you know they have a storyline and it does it does seem a, a little odd but you you kind of some shows do it better than others <laughs> for why a character sort of disappears and you know in this case you know the the mother of his baby ran off you know and he, he's looking for her, so uh, that that type of stuff makes you know sort of makes sense and stuff, but I think for the style of show, I think it's definitely one of the 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 better shows they have on the the network, and and when you put Switched at Birth up against the like something like Secret Life that just ended, or the Foster, <laughs> or the Fosters that just started, and you just go, how do <laughs> how do all these things end up on? On, on the same network and uh, and one can be so far and above you know, quality right. quality wise from the other ones. Well, the Fosters was kind of like we're going to take every social issue we can possibly possibly think of and and throw it into one pilot and see what happens. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and 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 that's the one where they definitely are going heavy handed with oh, the so with the issues. <laughs> Whereas this, it's it just feels natural and like a, a just a natural discussion and not like you're being forced to to think one way or another. Yeah, the the Fosters sort of felt like it was taking the Secret Life spot. Uh, it's no, fe- it's not. I mean, no, because they actually can act. I mean, well, that, well that's what I was going to say. Except, <laughs> except for that, except that I wouldn't necessarily say that the Secret Life actors can't act. I think the scripts that they're given and the way that they're directed is poor. So because because you see a lot of those people show up in other things and they're actually good, right? And uh, so I think the way that the Fosters the dialogue does and stuff like that it was a lot smoother. And stuff like that. Then, mm-hmm. I always said that Secret Life felt like they were all reading cue cards over the other actor's oh, shoulder right. Uh, right. When, they, when they were. And the direction was like, "Please don't emote at all. Yeah. Don't show any emotion." <laughs> no, but I actually think the Fosters could sort itself out because you know Terry Polo is a great actress. Like, I mean, they have a lot of good stuff there, and I think the kids seem to be pretty compelling. And I think it could sort itself out. And maybe you know, the, a pilot is always tough too because they're trying to get out so much information out there. There was a lot to get out there in the Fosters. They had a lot of things they were trying to tackle. So, I mean, it could be, it could, I'm hoping it does not get to the secret life level. God help us. Right. Yeah. I do not want that. <laughs> well, it's uh, on the, on the level of things though, if you're a, if you're a, a Bunheads fan or a Lion Game fan, then you want things like the oh, Fosters yeah. and Twisted to, <laughs> to fail miserably <laughs> because otherwise you may not get those back. Right. No, I mean, Bunheads is one of those ones that, I mean, I also think it's weird how they just leave those shows, and Bunheads is just in limbo. They have not, like, canceled it, they have not picked it up, it is just kind of hanging out there, which I think is really tough. They're just, they're they're literally waiting to see how well these two summer new summer series perform, right. and if one of them, you know, falters, then, you know, it's... The, let's do it. Let's root against the Fosters then. Let's yeah, do it. <laughs> let's commit. Right? That's right. <laughs> Although I will get back, at, back to switch to birth. I'm not sure we really need the like uh, searching for the mother of your baby who might be giving up the baby. for. I, I almost feel like that whole storyline could go away. It's it, To me, it's always been a little extraneous. I'm kind of hoping that we don't have to deal with it too much this season. Yeah. It's just a little much. But overall, definitely a show worth uh, watching. Yeah, and, Absolutely. Uh, 
we'll move on to the next show on the list, which is uh, Graceland, Season 1, Episode 1, the pilot episode. And uh, we'll start off with you this time, Kyle. What uh, what do you think of uh, Graceland? I really enjoyed this pilot. I didn't know anything about what the show was going to be about when I started to watch it. But I think it has like a, a great mix of action and like that action comedy um like there's good chemistry between all these characters and they're just likable characters um there's no one that you are really rooting against or 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 don't like um even when they're like like uh doing bad things to one another it's all in jest or it's all in in like they're just buddies like just uh fooling around it's not like they're doing anything malicious to each other and then um and then it, it like they have that uh, bit of a twist at the at the end with the the mystery that you find out that that Mike is really there to to uh, investigate Briggs. Fortunately, I hadn't seen any of the uh, any of the trailers, so none of that was spoiled for me. Uh, that last five minutes of the episode, but I, I I think this I just really enjoyed this pilot. Like I think it's um I I can't wait to see more of it. Yeah, I I liked it. I thought it was okay until the end when they added that extra element. Because I, w- I kept waiting for what is – they're not – because anymore they don't just do – they're not just going to do a, you know, take down this bad guy this week, take down this bad guy this week. And there's got to be something more. And so that that was an interesting hook for me. Uh, you know, the once top agent, something happened, went away, came back – now is he, you know, good or bad? What, you know, is is he, you know, is he up to something? And putting in the latest top graduate as the person to uh, try and keep tabs on him, I I found that at all very compelling. And is what would the rest of it? You know, I liked enough that I probably would have watched, but that was the thing that really hooked me. Uh, and then I. I like uh, some of the – I haven't seen past the pilot yet, but I like some of the changes that are coming of the, the additions of uh, – uh, apparently, uh, Sorinda Swan is the person you bring in in the second episode <laughs> past the pilot in an action – sort of action-oriented series. Uh, but I like her, and uh, I'm interested to see you know uh, more of, uh, of the series. What do you think, uh, Amy? You know, I, I liked it quite a bit. I- USA Today shows to me the, the problem with USA USA Today. US, the problem with USA shows. Wait, USA Today started making TV shows. <laughs> yeah, no, USA. Your problem with USA is to me is that they um, they're kind of so the shows are really lightweight. Like you don't have to keep up with them. You know, you can watch Royal Pains for not like a season and go back and probably pretty much pick up what's happening. Um, so there's not a lot of oomph sometimes to their shows. Um, and so I thought this one had a little bit more oomph, like a little bit more. Here's what you have to watch every week. Here's what's going on. I mean, it still is a little lightweight in the kind of tradition of the network, but I, I had thought there was a lot there. I also really like Daniel Sanjata, and I'm, I like having idea of a show being built around them. He was always kind of my favorite part of Rescue Me, although I do wish they'd say, like, I'm here because – that's why I was – because, you know, he was on Smash for, like, a couple episodes and then just disappeared, I think, because he went to give a to Dwayne Graceland. So I always wish there was some – like explanation, they would say like, "Oh, uh, this is why I'm not on Smash anymore. I've gone to do this show that you're going to see in four months." Um, but I, I liked it. I really liked Daniel Sanjata. I need to see a couple more episodes before I make a final call on it, though, because to me, it still seemed a little bit like a lot of fluff. 
you know, a lot like with the quip dialogue and the cute, you know, sexual tension, a lot of just stuff we've seen before. Yeah, and, and also when you do, I mean, I'm willing to forgive that type of stuff, but when you do undercover shows where they're able to slip into a cover and do a case on a moment's notice, and that doesn't necessarily, you know, people that work undercover take you know <laughs> months to get to get trust of people and get into right. whatever world they're going to. But the, the style of the show can't necessarily isn't looking to, I mean, while there may be some sort of overall bad guy or something, or, uh, and they did give, you know, the guy trying to find out what's happening with, you know, the guy that he, you know, sort of idolized as a, you know, an FBI you know, going through FBI training and stuff that that sort of has it that there has sort of that long term of somebody trying to, you know, is undercover. But the right. the weekly stuff is I, I forgive it for that's the type of show that it is. And I'm willing to if I like the characters and stuff, I'm willing to forgive the sort of realness factor for the this is the rules of the world that they've set up for this show. Mm-hmm. And that's how it works in uh, in this one. And as long as I like the characters and that overarching story continues to be interesting, I'm on board. Uh, but it you know it could fall apart in a couple episodes and not be interesting at all. So who yeah, knows? and I just and I just don't keep up with USA shows. Like I'll like Covert Affairs and then I'll just stop watching. I liked Royal Pains. I just stopped watching. Like I just you know I like Burn Notice. I just stopped watching because it just wasn't enough to kind of keep me. With so much on TV, I, I would watch it and think, well, I don't need to keep up with this show. I need to, you know, I'm going to streamline and, and watch something else. And so I, that's what I'm kind of waiting to see. Is Graceland going to be enough to keep me? I can like a show, but maybe not keep up with it. Yeah. So well, I think, uh, I think Graceland is trying to continue in the sort of suits model of moving the network a little bit past just the, you know, Monk and Psych and, and, uh, you know, Burn Notice tried started to get a little more with overarching stories each each time, right. but it really was about the the quips and the bomb making and the, <laughs> and the taking down the bad guy and having fun in Miami uh, type of stuff. But I think that they're trying to move their brand where it still has the base of that. I, I'm the same base that those other shows have with the, the dynamic between the main characters and the quips and the, the fun elements, but even something like covert affairs, like in this last season, it really turned a corner and went completely, you know, in a more serious uh, direction than it had in its, in its first couple seasons. So I think this sort of fits with where they're kind of moving their, their brand. Yeah, this to me it felt like you took burn notice and tried to make it a little more serious, but still kept some of that. Like you said, like they do, they go undercover so shortly. I mean, they do that every week on, on burn notice. Like all of a sudden, he's suddenly throwing on an accent, and he's undercover somewhere, and people believe it. And it's like that same type of thing. Like they just they're able to do that quick, keep the fun, but it seems like they're trying to be a little bit more serious in this one, like, kind of on the suits. Um, and have this like overarching story. 
Um, I, I like that blend of the two. Like to me, there's no uh, when it comes to a, a drama series, I'm either watching it all or I'm not watching it at all. So, like, I don't understand this whole casual drop in, drop out of a show. Either I'm going cold turkey or I'm in for the long haul. Um, yeah, so... I think that's what happens to me too. Like, I just I had like I broke up with the show by just without even realizing it. I break, you know, I broke yeah, up with Twitter affairs, and I was like, but not even like wasn't even an active decision on my part. Like, I just just stopped watching, you know. It's, so like it was on my TiVo and I just didn't watch it, didn't watch it, didn't watch it. So, um, yeah, I usually am all in or I'm all out. And, but I, I feel like with the USA shows, what happens is I don't even make an active decision. Like I don't even make this like I'm breaking up with the show. I'm not watching anymore because I'm not having I'm not angry at the show. I just kind of stop watching. Yeah, well, so, yeah. sort of under over the summer, you end up like you might be doing more outdoors and things like that over the course. And that if a show is, you know, other things take your take your priority away. Uh, over the summer and you just you don't even realize that you've like you said you've you've stopped watching it until a couple weeks gone by and you're like oh i haven't oh i haven't watched that show in a couple weeks i guess i'm done all right on to a show that uh you definitely have to watch the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) is uh game of thrones uh, season three episode 10 uh however you say that that word. I think which, it was Misa. Yeah, Misa or something that uh, uh, means mother, uh, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, this, uh, you know, the season finale, it definitely, Game of Thrones runs as it's, <laughs> it's just like a one, one big movie chopped into 10 parts. Because even in this, you know, like this last episode, it sort of flew right by, like faster, even though it was slightly longer than uh, the rest of the episodes this season. Where all of a sudden the credits came up, and I was like, "Wait, that's that's the end." But yet, sort of a perfect ending because you're like, "I want to see." It leaves you wanting to see. Okay, this is where they've left all these storylines from this season. You definitely want to see where they're going to pick up because it was just barely. The show does an interesting thing where almost the where the ninth episode of a season is like the season finale and the tenth episode is like the season premiere of next of the next season. And uh, and yet you have to wait for a year before you get to watch it. It's like the season preview. Well, it's like an early pilot (laughs) for the next season. So what do you think of uh, the season three ender, Amy? Well, I have to tell you, I do not watch Game of Thrones. Oh, it Game is of a Thrones show is the I, one that you don't watch. Yeah, I do not watch it. I watched the pilot and I rated it not for Amy and did not. not, <laughs> not <laughs> I, I, I just was, you know, I just, I'm not a big fan of shows that take place in a made up worlds with made up things. It's not, I'm more like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, fantastical things happen in the real world kind of thing. So yeah, it just wasn't for me, but I know it's a great show and people love it. It just was rated not for Amy. I still find myself sometimes going... It's like if this fake, you know, this fake world, you know, and that, you know, completely made up yet when the guy is sitting there eating pork sausage and he calls it <laughs> pork sausage, thinking, you're like, I don't want to watch him eat that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, or when there was something else in there where they mentioned, you know, with, and it was cooked with bacon and mushrooms and stuff. And I was like, shouldn't in a made up world with made up things, like, why does everything seem so... 
uh, you know, they still have the exact same food as we do. <laughs> I don't know why, but those are the things that always uh, strike me and stand out in some of these episodes. So, okay, we'll move on to uh, Kyle. What do you think of how the season ended? Uh, like, uh, like you brought up, like, see, the episode nine is always like the amazing episode that has the jaw left wide open at the end of the episode type of thing. So the t- the the season finale is always like. Uh, like you said, it's 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 setting things up so you don't really get a resolution like you would normally, or or even like a cliffhanger. It's they're more setting things up and just getting you uh, ready for the next season. But that said, I think they did a really good job this season of, of covering so many different stories um, in this finale and and covering. I it had to be at least four or five different. Um, different groups of people in, in this finale and I, I like um I, I just love the the stuff with Tyrion um the amusing stuff uh, of him just as he's starting to actually warm up to um his bride why can't I think of her name Sansa uh yeah Sansa uh like just as they're starting to joke around with each other then the news of the deaths comes in and that uh that ends up breaking things up and ruins that mood uh, just as you think they're finally going to start to to warm up to one another um i i love joffrey's reaction when he is just grinning like, <laughs> ear to ear I, I love and Tyrion comes in and he says did you what did he say something like uh, killed did, a few puppies like it was great as much as i can't stand joffrey i i loved that scene because like you can tell this kid is up to no good like why is he smiling you know like that's the other thing like like it, the show makes you feel like I I see like his his father and his uncle there like saying stuff to him like keep your mouth shut you don't know what this kid is gonna do to you <laughs> like this kid is a psychopath and he could just or suddenly order you to be like executed just for for taunting him but it, I like that how that scene ended with with Tyrion talking to Tywin and saying. You just sent the king to bed without his supper, <laughs> you know, and that that whole that whole scene worked really well. Uh, I I agree that they did a good job this whole season of telling the multiple stories, you know, with keeping you up to date on all of them in each episode, more or less, instead of uh, really the you know like the ninth episode was really the one that it did jump around a little bit, but there was more focus on one major thing, but. For most of the season, they've been able to give you enough information about what's going on that you you don't forget. You know, like, yeah, characters would disappear for a couple episodes in previous seasons, and then you go back to that storyline. You're like, wait, why are we? What were they doing? And I think they ended really well. Uh, it's such an interesting thing, you know. Like, you know, the Kingslayer finally makes it back to King's Landing, but that's the end of the episode. You know. The, uh, <laughs> You you have you know uh, Jon Snow uh, makes it back to Castle Black, uh, not in the greatest of shape, but you know that's right at the end of the episode. Uh, and then Arya, who's my favorite character, you know, <laughs> she you know the the guy says is is this the you know is this the first uh, person you've killed? And she's like, yes, the first, <laughs> you know, because she's yeah. she's got <laughs> murder on her mind to get back at the people that have wiped out her family and her list is growing yeah. episode <laughs> by episode <laughs> now did she actually summon 
the Valermargulis, or however you pronounce that name, it almost sounded like she summoned him at the end of the episode. Yeah, like, she did. She while she was looking at the coin, uh, she she said his name. Uh, but then again, that's the end of that storyline for, yeah. for the episode, and they all ended in places where you're just like, "Oh, there's not another episode next week." Damn it! Well, see, the only the only person I didn't think. And it was the same last season. I think Daenerys, they they haven't done much with her. Like, she barely makes any progress every season, it seems like. Well, she made we get... huge progress, though, this season. Like, the the show ends with, you see, she now has a people, and she now has an army. Uh, and, you know, she's becoming, like, the liberator of of people. And so she she went from... Just having a few Dothraki following around, and you know, and a couple dra- and three dragons to now having you know thousands and thousands of of people following her, and uh, so I think she made a huge leap this season. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes uh, in the next season, and then, but then you know they they leave you with the you know the White Walkers are coming. And at least finally, finally tied in the Theon Greyjoy story <laughs> <laughs> like, that it actually had something to do with what was going on that, you know, you're just like, at least there was something to that. Like there was a reason behind it because for the most part, it was the sort of extraneous storyline for uh, most of the season. Yeah, and I, I found it interesting that his sister, who seemed to not care about him at all in the, the previous season, like now she is the only one that's even willing to go and, and bring him back home and, and get vengeance for, for what they did to him. Yeah. Well, she may be mad at him, but she doesn't really want him to show up piece by piece. You know? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not that mad you know, at, at him. But yeah, just it definitely, you know, not, you know, Every storyline had ended in such a way that you're like you wanted to see the next leg of that story. You know, you wanted to see what she was going to do when she said sail. You wanted to see, you know, what happens at Castle Black uh, with what Jon Snow uh, has seen and and knows and uh, and what Sam is returned with, and uh, you know, you want to see where Arya goes. <laughs> you want to see what happens. Now that you know the Kingslayer is back in in King's Landing, and just all of those, uh, all of uh, and with uh, what is it, Bran? You know, heading into the uh, uh, you know into uh, past the wall uh, to find the Three Eyed Crow, and uh, just e- pretty much every storyline left me wanting to see the next next piece of it which i i guess you can't fault a season finale for doing more than that uh, yeah i mean that's that's what you want it to do is make you look forward to the next season which uh we'll get you know <laughs> about a year in a now. long time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah at this point they're gonna catch up pretty soon to the books so we'll have to see what happens if that happens because i think i guess this was like two-thirds through the third book and then I guess books four and five happen at the same time. So they'll be pulling from both of those for the next season. But then, so, I mean, it took, it they, took six 
Maybe it took that's... six years between books four and five, so I hope it doesn't take six years between five and six, or we'll definitely catch up. All right. That's uh, enough about Game of Thrones. Uh, another uh, really good season. And uh, move on to the next show on the list, which is The Killing, uh, season three, episode th- three, uh, 17. And uh, Amy, you're watching The Killing? I am watching The Killing. I, I don't know why. I, I watched <laughs> I watched the first two seasons. I was not someone who was in an uproar about the ending of season one. I was like, it's cool. You don't have to tell me who killed Rosie Larson. I'm fine with that. So I didn't get the uproar. And But season two, things really fell apart. And this season, I can't quite tell. I mean, I think it's an interesting case. Peter Sasgard is awesome. And, and I, I wrote in my blog, I think, you know, all the homeless street kids that they're dealing with like this very dark version of an abc family show you know this is very dark twisted abc so i really like there's a lot going on but you know i have a hard time and every week it's getting harder with linden she is i think marielle anus is giving a great performance but she's a hard character to have as your protagonist she's so downtrodden and so you know sad that she really kind of sucks the life out of the scenes i think and i I still you know and the technology in the show kills me too. I'm like, really? We don't. Can anyone get an iPhone? Can anyone on the show get a smartphone? Do we all have to have flip phones? Like, you know, I'm like, should I be talking about this on our typewriters? Like, should we be sending like, you know, <laughs> Western Union telegrams back and forth for this podcast? Like, I just think there's some things I think the show just kind of wallows in. You know, the rain and the the, the technology and the stuff. Like, it just kind of um, it kills me. So I, I I don't know. I can't I can't quite decide how I feel about this season because I really. I really like the. I think I like the mystery, but I still am having a lot of trouble with the Linden character. Although I love Holder, so he keeps me coming back, and he's hilarious. Like I just love everything about Holder. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing so far with the show is, is it needs to get back with Linden and Holder being, watching them working separately and sort of banging their heads up against the same thing, you know, type of stuff, wasn't really working. I find the 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 mystery interesting in that, especially since uh, I mentioned this last week on the podcast, is that this is this this is what I thought season two was going to be all during season one, right? Because they mentioned past case and things, you know they they were setting it up all along, and they set it up even more in the the second season when they sent her for a, a mental health break you know, for a couple right, of episodes. Right. But even in the first season, I they they mentioned it and stuff, and so I always thought that that was where this was finally this was going to go in a second season. That's how they were going to go into another case. So I find it interesting. Uh, it just happens to be that she's you know was off the force and is brought back on. But I think the dynamic of them working together is really what sort of kept you watching. Right. A lot of some with the side performances too were were good. That's where things, you know, some of that started to feel old and fell apart in the second season, where even though it was only 20 days in by 20 something days in by the end, you felt like you'd seen plenty of these. It felt interminable. Of, right. of these side characters and stuff. And uh, it was I had fun. forgotten who even did it. I was like, who killed her again? Who killed Rosie Larson? <laughs> I mean, I really had, had to look it up. I'm like, was it the, the aunt? Is that who? I mean, because it was became by the end. You're like, okay, whatever. I don't care who killed her. You yeah. know? <laughs> Let's just end this nonsense. And also just like their whole thing of like, we go, we go, they're like, I, they follow the followings approach to bringing backup to places. Like, you know, like they're like, oh, the, well, let's do like a following and go into places where we never need backup ever. Like that, 
drives me crazy too. There's like not a lot of great uh, police detective work happening. Although I have to say, you know what I think is fascinating about this season of The Killing is Greg Henry as as hold as Holder's new partner. I couldn't believe it. I was like, is that Greg Henry? I mean, you think about how he's on Scandal and how he's been on Bunheads. I mean, he's a very versatile actor. Yeah. I didn't even recognize him. I mean, everything about him looks different the way he carries himself. I, I was thought like, oh, that guy looks like Greg Henry. I had to look, I was like, oh my God, it is him. I think, I mean, so I don't know how long he's been, he's going to be around for. He's not a regular cast member this season. And like you said, we really need to get Lyndon and Holder back together. He's so, just the cop, just, you know, he's been around for a while. He's just sort of counting the days. Till he, right. <laughs> till he can... But he's such a great character. Cause you just, I mean, it just really shows you what a great actor uh, he is because I just I thought it, you, you just compare that to what he's doing on Scandal as Hollis Doyle. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, you know? com- yeah, completely different. I mean, I know this is acting. What it's what they do, and but you <laughs> kind of see it, you know, so close together like that. It's pretty amazing. Well, sometimes you see you you see people showing up on multiple things, and they are all basically playing the same. Right. <laughs> a lot of times, they're just basically playing the just a, you know. The same character, but now they're in the South, you know, or some such, you know, little t- change like that or something. But yeah, I think that the casting of the show has been, you know, they've brought on interesting cast. I think giving us time to get to know some of the, the kids that are the potential victims and, you know, and now there's one missing and but you're still hanging out with some of their friends and stuff. It gives a lot more sort of an emotional connection to what's being worked over last season when it was like, who who was Rosie Larson? And they tried to tell you a little bit over the course of the series, and you learned some by watching the family and stuff. But ultimately, in the context of the show, you didn't really care that much. And so when you didn't get an answer to who killed Rosie Larson and that case continued... And then you were following these people that you didn't care. Things started to fall apart. And by the time they finally gave you an answer to the answer that you'd been waiting 24 episodes for, and it was this huge thing of coincidences and things that had happened that caused the murder. It just was like, uh, but this case so far, there's a, a lot of interesting things going on. And, you know, I like, watching the Holder and Lyndon characters, even if <laughs> Lyndon is a character that you would like to slap and say, come on, <laughs> snap out of snap it. Out of it. And I, but I think you're right about the kids because there are, I mean, there's, there's a very, it's a very heartbreaking too, right? These kids who've been, you know, this whole idea of these, these are not kids who have run away. These are kids whose parents do not care that they, you know, that whole, I don't think we see that on TV that often of kids who are still in communication with their parents. They're street kids, not because they run away. But because their parents have just, you know, don't care about them. Like, you know, the one girl goes to see her mother and her mother doesn't care about her. And, you know, in Bullet, I'm already quite attached to. I think that's going to be an really interesting character. So I think you're right. We have a lot more kind of investment in, in the potential victims this season. How about you, Kyle? Uh, for me, I was one of those people that was only hanging on in season one because I thought we were going to get <laughs> an ending. Um, and then when we didn't, I never watched season two. Um, and then I, I watched the the premiere of this season and hadn't planned on watching anything more until I saw it on the list of shows we were going to talk about. Uh, so I watched the third season and I, I just, I, I 
first I feel confused because I missed that whole second season. So maybe they never explained any of this stuff, but it seems like a whole lot of stuff went on between uh, Lyndon Holder and um, and I just don't understand what's going on with them. And then the whole pacing of the show hasn't changed since the beginning. It's just very, (laughs) very slow. I was talking with my dad about the show and he goes, he goes, well, what was funny is he goes, I goes, I don't, he goes, I don't think it's going to make it past the third season. I go, it's already been canceled once. (laughs) He goes, it's canceled. I go, yeah, it got canceled after second season and brought back. And I go, what, what, what is it? He goes, well, it's just more of the same. And I go, well, what did you expect it to be? <laughs> like, they weren't going to just com- – it wasn't going to be like they were going to catch a case in the middle of summer or something like that. <laughs> right, right. You know? and even if, so I think they could do even, something. And they even if they did, it would probably still like, rain. <laughs> but, I, I mean – Days wouldn't kill them. Like, I think we could have a couple sunny days. It's sun, the sun, 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 sunshine sometimes. I think they seem to be wallowing in the things that drove fans crazy. And I'm not, I don't think showrunners have to kowtow to what fans want and viewers want. They should have their own creative vision and artistic vision. But it's weird to me they're doing so many things that just annoy people so much. They seem to be just still doing them. Because, I mean, I think we could have smartphones. I think they could all have better technology. No, it seemed to me that they're, they're not – they don't seem to be doing the one day per episode anymore, are they? Like it's like I thought before they'd actually pop up something that said day one or day two, and I don't recall seeing anything no, like not that. Doing that anymore. No, I mean I think it's kind of close, but it's not like specifically because I mean like the the third episode picks up right where you know just you know a couple hours from the ending of the second episode. You know, you haven't really changed days or or anything, and you you don't totally get how many days have taken place in the in the first uh, couple episodes, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of time. So I think they're still sort of hanging close to that period of time, but just not specifically not saying this is day one, this is day two, uh, because then they won't have to worry about the miraculous uh, recovery from a gunshot in less than a week <laughs> and you're back on the trail, uh, uh, you know, stumping for votes. But overall, I, I still, I like the, you know, the new case and some of the side characters interest me and the guarantee that you're going to get <laughs> an answer to the mystery by the end of the season is, is also a good thing. Uh, seeing how, uh, what has come before, but overall, I think uh, I still like it. Even if they do over overdo the atmosphere a little bit, I I mean I complained a little bit. I live in Seattle, and that's where it's supposed to take place. And in the first season, yeah, it's the beginning of fall. You know, they're going towards, uh, and it does it does rain, but not every day. You know, like even at that period of time. Now they're in the you know, late winter, spring, hitting into springtime, I guess, uh, if I remember right. And so you will get rain rain then, but still a lot of that trying to stay with that, keep the same atmosphere. But, you know, that's what the, that's the show's style. I wouldn't totally have expected those things to uh, to change. But I would expect that an up-and-coming, you know, a, a, a detective on the rise might have more than a flip phone. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, 
I mean, I agree with you. I don't think they should change. They don't. I don't think they have to change a lot. I think there could have been little tweaks of like the sun shining occasionally. You know, I mean, because I like a lot of the things I like. I mean, I love the music they play at the end, that very dramatic drumming beat of the music that they play. Yeah. And you're like, oh, the episode's about to end. Things are happening. I, I mean, there's a lot of things about the show that I really enjoy that are have things that happen every week. I'm just I was just surprised I didn't do more to kind of tweak some of the things that really grated on people. All right. I think that's enough uh, on the <laughs> dwelling on the killing. <laughs> and we'll move on to uh, major crimes. Season two, episode, or episode uh, one, uh, final cut. And uh, Kyle, what do you think of uh, the beginning of the second season of Major Crimes after it now has sort of a, a season under its belt in between uh, the end of The Closer and and now? Uh, to me, it didn't feel like anything different than any other episode that we had in the first season. Um, but I mean, I think the show in general has done a really good job of continuing the closer without Kira Sedgwick. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed the closer. I enjoy this just as much. I don't notice anything missing from it. Uh, one thing I did like in this episode is that they haven't forgotten that story that kicked off everything with Rusty and his case. And I like that they brought that back in and that now they're actually following through and he has to go and and do his trial that he promised like to be able to get to this point where they're watching him and and took him in. So I'm, I'm glad they haven't just dropped that and that they're actually following through with that case. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I'm still enjoying the show. I like the characters. Um, I can't think of his name. That one guy seems as ornery as ever. Uh, the guy, yeah, <laughs> Provenza. Yeah. Okay. And so, I mean, I, I, I'm still enjoying it. Um, and yeah, I didn't notice any loss of quality going from the closer to, to major crimes. Yeah. I think that it, there was a slight tonal shift in, you know, in the way that they, you know, and the change in work, the way they were working cases, not necessarily to, uh, you know, get a conviction in a trial, but to try and get somebody to just say, yeah, <laughs> I did it. I'll take a deal. And just a, a little bit of a change is sort of like they it's the same show, but it has like maybe a different jacket on it a little bit. But for the most part, the way they tell the stories, the you know, the way that they put the show together still feels a lot like the closer and that they gave the Raider character with Rusty. They gave her a home life storyline, just like they gave Brenda Lee, you know, a home life storyline. And so a lot of uh, the elements still fit and work. And then you get to spend time with Provenza and the rest of the group that, you know, you came to, you know, know and love in all those seasons of the closer. And then, I think they do interesting stories within the, these cases. This guy, you know, this director character, you know, having, you know, multiple wives have died and around him and, uh, you know, and the way that he moves from one wife to another and only cared really about whatever movie he was making. Uh, just the, that whole story was interesting within the case that they were investigating. And I think they continue to do a good job with those. What'd you think, Amy? Yeah, I think I'm a little bit. In the, I, I disagree with you guys. I, I when I got the uh, mailer of Major Crimes, I was like, "Oh, really? Huh, that show's still in the air? They they, they kept it?" Like, because I just thought it's a way that they wanted to kind of extend all the people that people love, like Provenza, like you know, all the characters we loved in that show. But I really didn't 
I liked The Closer a lot. I never missed an episode of The Closer. I loved Kara Cedric's character. And I thought the show lost a lot when they kind of had that tonal shift of, oh, we're going to, it's all about working with the DA and the negotiations and all. It was like a weird thing of like, it's not about solving the crimes anymore. Just, you know, it's about getting a deal that took to me a lot of the dramatic thrust out of every episode. So, you know, I'm, I actually thought this episode was stronger than I last, some of the ones last season, but I'm still, to me, it's a very different show. Um, and I think part of it is Mary McDonald's Captain Raider, who is more likable now than she was when she was first introduced, but never kind of, to me, I didn't have the same affection for her that I have for Brenda. And the Rusty storyline, I think, is interesting on paper, but I don't necessarily like how it's playing out. Like, I like the idea of it, but, but I don't, you know, I like the idea of it and everything, but I don't know if it's the, cat, the kid who plays Rusty or just whatever. To me, something about that whole storyline isn't working. But I did like Nadine Velasquez uh, from My Name is Earl coming on as the uh, new DA. I thought that was great to kind of see her and see her in that role. But again, I, even with that, you know, that whole idea of like, she's so hostile and she's so openly hostile. And, you know, I just, a lot of times I've done that before that a conflict between the legal side and the police side or characters, the conflict just seemed more believable. This, even her conflict seemed a little cliched of like immediately saying like, Oh, you have to take that foster kid out of your home. And all that stuff just seemed to me a little bit of, just we're going to force some drama here where so I didn't really I don't know the whole show to me overall isn't working like and I don't know if it's because I love the closer so much that um I I just I'm having trouble with this new this new show well the the thing is is with the closer I mean it really was about the closer like it was <laughs> there was very little ever happening that Brenda Lee wasn't you know right uh in involved in but such a great character that when you put somebody else in, even somebody, you know, as great as as Mary McDonald, but it's such a different character, different dynamic that it does lose something. I don't think it's the same show. I think it's it's close, and I think they've done over the first season. I think they did a good transition into what the show is now. Mm. I still like the closer better, uh, but. I'm not opposed to what the show is morphed into. And then since you get to hang around with some of the other people that you liked, uh, you get to, <laughs> with, with, you know, Provenza's latest <laughs> little, I love little... Provenza. They have such a great supporting. I mean, they've always had a great supporting cast. Yeah. If the show had been just Mary McDonald as her character, when we first saw her on the closer, I don't think we would be watching because she was so unlikable at first. Right. But I think the fact that they pulled in this this uh, this kid now to bring in a softer side to her and give her that home life um, and we get to know her more, I think it, it definitely helps the show. Um, it definitely wouldn't have lasted if it was the mean raider that yeah. Well, Lisa I think they also the worked really hard in the last... I mean, they had a little bit over the course when she would show up, it wasn't she wasn't quite as hated by, you know, Brenda Lee and the squad and stuff, but they worked really hard in that last season, you know, and this even, I guess maybe even in a little bit the season before, but uh, the whole stuff with the, she sort of got on Brenda's side as, you know, to become like the new, you know, chief of police or whatever that storyline was, uh, where they worked really hard to make her likable, likable and have Brenda accept her. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, where they started working together on some things instead of always going at each other. 
uh, even though she was still there to sort of make sure, you know, certain things were happening. And, and, you know, in the, in the case that was getting investigated against Brenda Lee, you know, uh, but they really worked hard to make her uh, become where there wouldn't be a huge animosity be like between her and the squad if she took it over type of thing. But overall, I like it. I still, it's still sort of in the way that it's shot and filmed and put together, it still sort of feels like the closer uh, in, you know, the way that episodes open and, uh, and stuff. And so I, I, I mean, I still like it. Uh, I'll continue to watch, but my question is, is, uh, what did you guys think of King and Maxwell that is now following major crimes on Monday nights? I didn't even recognize Fitz, uh, Fritz at first. I'm like, he looks so familiar. <laughs> what show is he in? And I had to look it up. And I'm like, oh, it's pretty amusing that these two are back to back because now he's got his own show. Now he was sort of like he had no reason to stay on the closer once they got rid of her. But I mean, overall, like I thought it was okay. And I like the chemistry between the two main characters, but I didn't think it was very original or like, it, there's so many other shows like it right now. Um, I, I guess one thing I liked at least was that they weren't cops. Cause we have so many shows, at least there was a slight twist there where they're, PIs like I like the opening sequence where they're trying to remember how to read someone the rights and they keep getting it wrong because they're not really cops and that's when you discover that they're not cops um but I mean it had some fun moments but it just didn't feel very original no you know and I really like John Tenney I really and I kind of felt like he's like he has paid his dues man he's on the closer they underused him for all those seasons right because he was really underused I mean he's such a great I mean, he's a great actor, I think, and he was really not, I mean, he was always, you know, he was a secondary character on that show, and I feel like, this is good for you, you have your show, you're a title character, yay, and I really wanted to like it, and I just didn't, I just thought it was very average, and, and you know, and it's based on the David Baldacci books, my husband's actually read them, and he, um, so he was very curious about it, and even for him, who actually has a vested interest, because he likes the books, was just like, yeah, it's not exactly... It didn't really bring, I think, the characters on the page to life in the way I think he was hoping. I didn't. I mean, I liked it okay in that I think that maybe there's potential down the road for them to develop that sort of bantering chemistry that makes these types of shows sort of fun. And from what I what I've heard, I guess that. Uh, I guess they brought on somebody that worked on leverage and stuff and that going forward that they're really focusing more on that type of stuff. Uh, but a lot of the way they introduced the characters were, oh, an old friend of his died. Oh, there's something more to it. You know? <laughs> really? You know, it was all like... Didn't I tell you he saved my life once? Yeah, <laughs> like... you know, it, was, it was all so... For a, a show like this to be introduced in such, like, have multiple cliche type moments from these, t you know, from this genre of show. And for the other things to, you know, while I liked Ryan Hurst, I think he's great in pretty much everything that he does. I, you know, I thought his performance was good, but I thought the whole thing with the giant 
wall of satellites and TVs and stuff. And that was a weird storyline, like, and, and everything, uh, uh, it was just sort of a weird introduction to these, to these characters. Is he actually a regular on the show? No, it was just, that was, you know, just that for No, he's going to be a regular though, isn't he? I don't know. It's just. I uh, think he is. I think that was the way of introducing him, that he's going to be a regular. Yeah, because he said, do you want to be our accountant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he's a regular, that that was their way of introducing his character. But it was just, there was, there was so like, some things were like small and then other things were like super huge, like conspiracy, you know, type of stuff. There was so much going on. You know, I I wasn't you know totally drawn in. I I do like these type of detective shows that have the you know the the bantering partners type of stuff and giving them you know secret service you know disgraced secret service agent backgrounds is sort of interesting because you know when they do come in contact with other law enforcement agencies and stuff like when they you know people tend to know, you know who they are and aren't necessarily you know all that that thrilled for them to be, you know, messing around in their case, uh, even more so than just any other private detective. Uh, but I don't know. I, the only reason it is on after the closer is because John Ten or after major crimes is because they're trying to hope for that. You know, they can run some ads. You remember John Tenney from the closer. <laughs> He's now got his own show. You loved him on the closer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know. I'll give it, I'll give it a couple more episodes uh, to see if it, you know, develops into a sort of a more fun, uh, you know, or sort of figures out what it wants to be. But you know, wasn't overly, uh, overly thrilled by the the, the pilot uh, episode. And uh, with that, we'll move on to the last show on the primetime list, which is uh, Twisted, you know, season one, episode one, the pilot. And uh, Amy, what'd you think of uh, Twisted? Um, you know, I liked it. I think uh, it's interesting with ABC Family because they kind of have like the Switch to Birth Fosters line of programming, and then they have the Pretty Little Liars Twisted <laughs> line of programming. And this Twisted, you know, Twisted is purely trying to capitalize on that. I mean, I they kind of won me over when they had that joke about you watch Glee in prison; it's part of my punishment. I thought that I was like, that was, you know, I was like, I'm in, I am in. I thought that was a really funny, witty line, and. I, you know, I have this strange affection for Denise Richards. I really like her, and I'm like, I think she's been through a lot. I think it'd be good for her to have a successful TV show. Cause I'm, I'm like, good folk, God to see her working. Uh, I thought there was a lot going on there. I mean, it's a little bit um, the whole mystery thing and everything. I mean, I used to like Pretty Little Liars, and then it got to be to me so too much, and I just stopped watching. And I'm kind of hoping this is enough where they kind of keep that central mystery and. Uh, the whole idea that this kid has come back uh, and he was accused of murdering his aunt and you don't know if he murders his aunt and now there's a girl who's dead and uh, he's being accused of that and how that will all unfold. Um, I mean, they did have a little bit of that, like, you remember the movie Heathers when they were like, oh, a, a kid died today. Or, you know, They had a little bit of like their, her, the girl's best friend dies and she's not even crying. She's already moved on to like, oh, it's who, who did it and all this other stuff. So they had a little bit of that. Nobody's really acting like a real, real people would react in real situations, you know, and definitely not acting like how I want teenagers to act on TV. But I, I think there's a lot there. And I was intrigued. And I thought the actual writing of it and the dialogue was pretty witty and that the lead guy, the one who was accused of um, – murdering his aunt who's now going to come out of prison. I, I liked him a lot. I think he has a lot of, uh, he could be really interesting to watch. Yeah. I think that it def it, if you like, you know, if, if you've liked pretty little liars at any point, I think you'll like this. 
it felt slightly darker in in some respects. Less campy. Yeah, where they yeah, it a little more serious. I like the you know, I think they gave a good explanation with, you know, when the De- 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 Denise Richards as the mother, you know, finally, you know, tells her son why right. they're living there and that you know that they, you know, while they're not like destitute, they, you know, they don't have a lot anymore and they can't sell the house because of the past and uh and so it was pretty much their only choice was to go back and uh, it wasn't you know because this is where my glory days were as a, as like the queen of the town type of thing and i i thought that worked they also left you at the end with where you're not sure you know kind of thing like it, did he kill again what's you know what's the deal with that necklace what's although i thought that was so obvious i'm like oh i think you know it can't have been it, it's too I felt like that was like, of course he didn't do it. If he has the necklace, there's got to be something else going on. It's going to yeah. be to us later. But yeah. like how, you know, you know, the type of thing though, like, did he kill her and take the necklace? Did he actually end up showing up thereafter and found her dead and took the necklace? Right. You know, uh, or is it a duplicate necklace from some sort of secret society. And that's why he had to kill his aunt. <laughs> who knows? There's this, that left a lot of uh, mystery that was interesting by the end. And, uh, you know, sort of an interesting dynamic, like what would it be like if, cause he maintains that, you know, he had to do it type of thing, but he can't tell, say why, you know, he won't tell anybody why. And so you kind of believe that he did, he wasn't just like this psychopath kid necessarily. And so, you know, the re the returning, you know, the, what, what happened to his two closest friends, you know, uh, and their lives after that that incident when they were kids and i think there was a lot of interesting elements uh to it that i i'll definitely watch uh, some more to see yeah see where it i goes. thought the acting was good and the script was strong i mean just it's a little bit of that like we're all gonna act like we're not real people though you know like uh, you know they're not nobody seems to be that traumatized by anything that's happening you know although i mean what happened in the past would have traumatized them but the, the girl being murdered and the pilot episode didn't seem to really upset anyone that much, you know? So I was like, but I, I definitely think there's enough there. What do you think, Kyle? Overall, I thought it was well done. It's just not my type of show. I, <laughs> you rated I, it not for, not for Kyle? Not not for Kyle. I, I never, I don't know, remember how many episodes of Pretty Little Liars I went through, but it's not that many. And like, the, while I'm slightly interested in why he killed his aunt or, um, I'm not sticking around like the killing in hopes that we find out. <laughs> I'll eventually find out if the show lasts. I'll send um, you an email. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, yeah, you're but, definitely yeah, not going to find out by the end of the, of the season, you know, <laughs> or half season or however ABC <laughs> family is airing this. But I mean, oh, but I didn't think it was a bad show. I mean, I think it was well done and it like it the acting was good and the and the writing was good. It wasn't horrible, but it just wasn't for me. Yeah, that's always uh you know, interesting. I I there's shows out there like that for me too where is you can you definitely can see the quality of it, but it just for whatever reason, it doesn't matter how good the acting is and how good the writing is, whatever story, wherever it's taking place, it just doesn't it's just not not a story that I'm interested in following. You know, in some cases, so yeah. Like how some people don't watch Game of Thrones. Right, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come up with the shows that are rated not for Kyle, not for Amy in this conversation. <laughs> or, 
or something like me for like Mad Men is I can recognize the quality of the show, but every time I've tried to watch it, I just can't get into it. And so it's been rated not for Jason. Well, you know what's so interesting? Because like, I've never missed an episode of Mad Men. I love it. But what's so interesting, I think, what's happening now with TV is there's so many channels and there's so many different shows and there's so many cable networks producing original dramas and original comedies, original scripted series. It's like there really is. We've gotten to this point where there is something for everyone. And it used to be when I started writing about TV, I could keep up with everything or at least have a general <laughs> idea of what was going on. And now I feel like there's no way to keep up with anything. But there's also shows that come and go and I don't even pay attention to. Like that Anne Hash Save Me one. I'm like... I'm not going to pay attention to that. That's not going to be around. I'm not going to bother bother with it. So, you know, like it's just, I mean, it's just the volume that we're dealing with now is kind of incredible. Yeah. Well, Save Me is one of those shows I'm disappointed that we're not going to see more of because I actually like that show. It's it's just another in the long line of NBC shows that never, ever even got a shot. But yet we're, in my estimation, the best thing that they knew pilot that they you know, comedy pilot that they picked up that season, you know, but well, that, and I don't mean, yeah, and I ignored it, not because of based on its whatever quality. Yeah. I just was like, there's clearly NBC is burning this off and it has no intention of bringing it back. So I'm not, I can't invest my time in it. <laughs> yeah. So. Th- th- there's definitely, yeah, those, you know, uh, uh, especially here at the end of the season, I've spent this little bit of time is catching up with things that I had gotten behind on, you know, that I didn't right. want to watch. Right. You know, exactly. From the, from the regular season. I still have like, uh, some episodes of like uh, Grey's Anatomy and Nikita that I still haven't watched uh, that I'm still have like four episodes of or something like that. Uh, I just binge watched uh, Orphan Black because everyone had been talking about it so much. So I watched it all last week. But, you know, so I've been catching up on all these shows I wanted to watch. Well, what do um, you think the- of that watching it all in a week? <laughs> I thought I, I loved it. I, I, I think, like everyone said, she is amazing. The lead actress is just amazing. It's an amazing performance. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. It's it's completely phenomenal. I Watching it all in a week, you see, I think, some of the show's flaws more clearly, like the fact that you know, they always go back to Felix's apartment. I'm like, really? There's no lock? Couldn't you get a hotel room? There's just like, you just see some of the things, that, the things they do that are for convenience of plot more clearly when you watch them all that way. But I, I really like the show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely a good show and a, a performance that <laughs> even if you don't, you know, I think it's almost one of those shows that even if you don't like the, the type of show, you've got to watch. The performance is un- it's You've got to watch at least into like episode three or four where is the first time where you really get multiple of the of them in a room before that you see that she's playing multiple ones but when you see her playing off of just herself it's amazing and the, the, not just her performance but the the technical ability of the, how they put that together yeah it's phenomenal to watch well when you think about I, how like the special effects on ringer versus Orphan <laughs> <laughs> and, and ringer probably had a higher budget <laughs> no ringer probably had six times the budget like yeah right I was so happy to see her get the Critics' Choice Award last night, and I really hope the Emmy uh, voters take note. Yeah, and she just got a, a nomination yesterday, too, for the Television Critics Association for an individual she, yeah, achievement. Yeah, she just won last night for that. No, no, no. She was just – there's two different awards. This is the oh. Television Critics Association, um, which will have their ceremony at the end of July, and she just was nominated for that as well. So she's won one. She's got another nomination. So I think she's kind of building – momentum too uh, uh, for, towards the Emmys which is great to kind of see because I think 
everyone's talking about her performance. She started to rack up nominations and awards. So I really hope that that she breaks through with yeah. the Emmys because it's unlike. I mean, honestly, when I there was one episode where Allison, the character Allison, wasn't on. And I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, maybe she wasn't, the actress wasn't available that week. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's the same. But I had that moment because she's so wholly in, inhabited those unique characters in such a way that was so convincing and believable that I actually had to keep reminding myself it was the same actress. Because just the way she carried herself, the cadence of her speech, everything was so unique and different. It was, I, I was phenomenal. I've never, I mean, she's, this has got to be setting the groundwork for her to become like this huge star because she's super talented. Yeah, I've, I, I mentioned it previously when we've talked about it. The one, the p- part of her performance to me that I found amazing was when she was like Allison pretending to be Sarah or Sarah pretending right. to be Allison, and just the ability to not fully slip into the other character, right? And make it so that you see that she's still the one that she's you know she's still Allison, but she's trying to be uh, Sarah, and I think that you know when you're playing. <laughs> Not just playing multiple characters, but when you start playing uh, one character pretending to be another one, and uh, the the idea that you don't just fully slip into that other character, and if there's like a a nuance between the two, is I I think is is phenomenal. But uh, that's enough. Uh, Sorry, I gotta stop talking. <laughs> no, I could talk. I could talk about Orphan Black. Tune in next week for the all Orphan Black episode. Yeah, <laughs> And then, uh, well, uh, the last thing uh, we've got, uh, we've got a few uh, TV on DVD picks. Uh, these are things uh, coming out on Tuesday, uh, June 18th. Uh, my pick is uh, Drop Dead Diva Season 4, which uh, I really like that show. Another show that got canceled and brought back, which and I was very happy uh, that it did because it had one of the worst, what would be a terrible, one of the worst endings ever right. <laughs> type of, for a show. That, uh, you know, you couldn't even, there was like no wrap up of any type of storylines. It was all cliffhanger. So I'm glad that that's coming back and, you know, the, the previous season's uh, coming out. And uh, Amy, what about you? Um, I picked Web Therapy, um, which is the Lisa Kudrow one that started off online and moved to Showtime. Season two is coming out on June 18th. And I just, that's a show that I really just enjoy. It's just a really fun show. I think it's she, her character, Lisa Kudrow's character is a, the therapist dispenses uh, advice and uh, on, and therapy online. It's just really funny. So I, I you know, I I really enjoy that show. And, and Kyle, your pick? I went with Workaholic season three. Um, it's just a fun, just uh, idiotic uh, comedy <laughs> comedy central show. Um, one thing that 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 I really like about their their Blu-ray and, and DVD releases are that they. They pack them with with extra features. Plus, the MSRP is much much lower. Like for the uh, Workaholics, I think right now you can get it for on Amazon. You can pre-order it for like fifteen dollars for twenty episodes. Oh wow! And yeah, it's it's very priced nicely, and it's like it's a even easier than people going and buying it on like iTunes. Like you get it. Uh, you get it uh, on the disc with the extras, and I guess they have uh, drunkumentaries on every episode, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a fun show that uh, it just, uh, as long as you don't think about it, it's just, uh, it's just a fun, dumb show. If they actually get drunk while doing a commentary on their show, <laughs> I would not surprise me. That would, be, that would definitely be a, an interesting spin on the. But uh, uh, you know, 
while Workaholics might be a show uh, rated not for Jason, uh, it, <laughs> I, I do approve of any DVD, you know, Blu-ray set that comes with uh, special features because otherwise, what's the point? Right. <laughs> it does have bloopers, and that's there the one go. thing you look that's, for. That's the one thing. I, I maintain that even a drama should have a blooper reel on every <laughs> DVD release. <laughs> there should never be a DVD set that doesn't, you know, for a movie or TV show that doesn't come with a blooper reel. Because even in, like, your favorite drama, there has to have been just some great times where somebody lost it in the middle right. of what's supposed to be a dramatic scene. And I think that would be hilarious to watch. And, uh, you know, a great way to spend a few minutes with your... Uh, favorite characters or actors from a, from a show. Okay. That'll uh, do it for, uh, episode, uh, 184. Uh, next week, uh, Amory and Ray will be back with me. Uh, you can find, uh, the links to the news stories we talked about, uh, and the DVDs and, uh, where you can find, uh, Amy and Kyle online, uh, in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 184. As always, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the shows that we talked about, uh, or any of the topics that we ended up discussing. Like, what did you think about uh, how Game of Thrones uh, ended? Uh, where are you on? Are you watching the third season of The Killing? Uh, are any of these shows uh, rated not for you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let us know. You can always uh, chime in uh, on Facebook or Twitter at TV Times 3 or uh, send an uh, email to feedback at tvtimes3.com. And uh, we'll close out with the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promenet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And uh, thank you again, Amy and Kyle, uh, for uh, joining me on the podcast. Thank you. This was Thanks. fun. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me back. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do. Watch TV and have a couple of brews.